We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We're thinking about this a lot, okay? When you watch us in the spring practice, all right? And there's a way for it. We talked about a little bit on the practice field the other day. When you watch yourself, you're a guy that's been around here before. Your preparation, your intensity, the way you approach this, is this any different than some perceived big game during the season? If it is, all right, if it is, championship teams, great players, great individual players, there's no difference. Football's football. The great ones understand that and understand it's going to be the same all the way through. Your mentality, your focus, everything you put into it. Okay, so make sure we look like a team. When you watch that tape, we watch you individually, and you watch yourself. We look like a team and a group of guys that are hungry as hell and appreciative to have this opportunity and know we got a lot of work to get to where we want to be. Everybody got me on that. So y'all got me on the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Breaks and tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Thursday night. It is time for the Huddle. I'm Toby Rowland. This is my radio partner, the Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight, Butkus? Doing great, T-Row. Good like to it's, see you. It's been a while, it feels like, right? We haven't worked together in, golly, a long time. It's great to be back, I man. missed you. I know you don't Talking feel the same. football. I, I love it. You. Uh, you like what Lincoln said uh, off the top? I saw you shaking your head. I yeah. liked what he said. I liked those highlights, just hearing the pads <laughs> pop. Guys grunting, cleats throwing dirt everywhere. That's awesome. How did you feel about spring ball? Did you loved like it or hate it? Oh, I absolutely loved really? it. Really? Yeah. S- training camp is brutal. Um, this is a million years ago when you had two-a-days, which made it really hard, practice in the morning, practice in the evening. Starting on uh, practice number two of the year, you're exhausted the rest of the time, the whole year. In spring, it's broken up. You have a practice, then you got a day off, then you got a practice, you start off. There's rules about just helmets to start off. It's easy. It's so yeah. easy. You can regroup. That like every every other day, you go out there and you feel totally fresh, and you can just let it go. You I hearing, loved it. You hearing anything coming out of spring? Anything uh, you're hearing on the grapevine that? I've yeah. heard a thing or yeah. two, maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's some stuff you out could there. Share with the rest of us. Or? I've heard 
It's gone well. How about that? Well, how about that, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Breaking news. It's gone well. All right. We're going to tell you what the focus of tonight's show is in just a few minutes. Uh, Hint, this guy's going to like it a lot. But uh, there there is some sound. we got a lot of sound for you tonight. Some fresh sound from players and coaches coming out this week, talking about spring practice and other things. So let's get after it. First off, Bill Biedenboe, you know, there is a battle going on on his offensive line to see who the next Creed Humphrey is going to be. We need a new center. Here's what Bill Biedenboe had to say. Yeah, you know, it's tough, you know. Um, as good as Creed was as a player, he was probably better, even a better leader last year. So that's tough. But we've got four guys. You know, Chris Murray is working there. Ian has played there. Uh, Nate Anderson, then we brought Conjol in, Robert Conjol. So, you know, right now those guys are doing a good job. I, I feel pretty good about it. They're all competing. They're playing. Um, you know, it's more the mental aspect. You know, Ian is probably the guy, you know, furthest along mentally just because he's done it so long here. Obviously, Chris was here last year, but he played guard for us. But, um, you know, I think they're all coming along. They're all playing pretty well. Chris, Chris to me, you know, he, he's a really good guard. But I, th- I do think his best position is center. Um, but now it's just the mental aspects. You know, we, we ask our centers to do so much stuff. They're, they're the leader, obviously, the offensive line. Um, but the offense, you know, they've got to get everybody going in the right direction. Um, so it's more just um, studying things, getting to really understand the offense, um, getting to really understand what the defense is doing. It's, it's a lot different playing guard as opposed to center. So, um, But I, I think they're all doing a really good job. I think it's a good competition. And um, as long as we continue to improve, we'll be fine. This is a big deal, Teddy. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have an amazing run on centers here at the University of Oklahoma. This is the kind of thing where it's hard for us with our amateur, with my amateur eyes, to go to a spring game, for example, and see what the center competition looks like. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, you can see who's catching the ball and things like that. But center's tough to see. But how do you think this, how do you see this shaking out? I think it's a talented group. Um, they go two, three deep, and he could even pull guys from other positions if he needed to. So uh, I, I like it. I, you're right. We've had a tremendous run of guys at the position. So uh, I think everyone in that room understands that and understands what comes with it. And as far as like the spring game goes, it's almost like corner. You know, if if people are throwing the ball your direction and you're making a bunch of tackles and there's there's deep shots, it probably means that they're they're picking on you a little bit. And, yeah. You know, but if no one ever throws your direction, you're not making any plays. All the actions away from you it probably means you're doing pretty dang good. It's kind of the same thing at center. It's if you don't notice the center all day long, he probably had a, a really good day. If it's right there in the middle of the action and they're bringing pressure up the middle and bad snaps, court, bad snaps, quarterbacks trying to escape out to the outside. It probably means that the uh, centers under have been under some duress the whole time. So it, it can be difficult to pinpoint. And, you know, some of the stuff we'll never know until they get back in in the meeting room with a, maybe a protection called wrong or a blocking scheme up front misidentified for the, for the running game. You know, a lot of that stuff is done in the center, not just in Oklahoma scheme. That's, that's in a lot of schemes that, that's put on those guys. So you got to have a cerebral player. You have to have a player that is respected by the rest of the offensive line, the quarterback. There's got to be a, a trust factor there with those guys. It's it's a little bit different with the shotgun, but under center, those guys get used to it. We do some of some of that from time to time. So it, it's an incredibly important position that a lot of times we totally forget how important it is. Mm-hmm because of the run of good play that we've had there. Opening segment is always brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Let's hear now from one of the candidates, Chris Murray, the UCLA transfer, played guard last year, going to get a shot to play center this year. I just feel natural at center. If uh, if I could say that, I just feel very natural. Um, I feel like it's a position um, to where you both need athletic athletic ability and mental, um, be able to have mental calmness and you just um, being able to, you know, in a time where everything's flying around, slow everything down and calm everybody. And just but also be able to, you know, bring that intensity back up. And um, I feel like last year. Um, 
I, I had many times I could have been vocal, more vocal than when I was, but you feel me? Like I told you before, my role was just helping where I could. And um, I feel like this year that's been a big thing for me is just, you know, not also um, not also being able to, you know, make my offensive line closer because I feel like that's one thing we've been trying to do ever since this off-season off, off hit is just become closer as a unit. Uh, not only the starting five, but just in my room. Yeah, you think back to Vince Carter, Creed Humphrey, Gabe Eichard, Ty Darlington, on and on and on. Uh, you got to be good. Your snaps got to be up. There's an intelligence to that position, though, that, that has to be there. There is, and, you know, he talks about Last year is kind of knowing what the role was as he was a transfer coming in. And I understand that. You you can't just barge into a place as a transfer and demand the room um, unless you're by far the best player. You just kind of have to kind of know your role. And last year, that's what he was doing. He was uh, doing what he could on the field and uh, being a positive member of that room. But whenever a spot is vacated, like whenever Creed left, there's a void left. And that's whenever sometimes there's some banging of heads and there's some pushing and pulling to see who that guy is going to be. That's the voice that takes over that room. So um, he's a extremely physical player. He, he's he got some of that beat and bow mentality that we, we see so often in the recruits and, and in his players that, that play uh, both in the NFL and in college levels. He also lost some weight over the offseason so he can move a little bit better at that center position, which I think was a, a good idea for him. So uh, he, he's one of the guys. It's it's amazing that Beanbow's got so many guys that could play in that spot. Murray's done a good job. If you listen to Beanbow for the last three years, he's talked of what a great job day in, day out that Ian McIver has yep. done. He loves him. He's totally dependable and – you know, he's not just a guy that can do the right things. He's a physical blocker. Uh, he gets the job done and does it well. So, you know, I, I can't say who's going to win out at the position, but I can say that it's one that I'm not overly worried about. All right. The uh, theme of the night tonight is linebackers. We're talking a lot of inside linebacker tonight. And unfortunately, we didn't have an expert that we could bring in on that position. <laughs> to, actually, we do. Uh, maybe you guys recognize this guy. Uh, number 11 back in the day. That's the Butkus Award winner right there. Ted Lehman getting work done in the Crimson and Cream back in the day. You love watching these old highlights. Some old grainy you? footage that they were able to <laughs> blow the dust we off of. We were able of. to take this to one of those colorizing places, you know, <laughs> where they turn your black and white video into the color. Red River rivalry <laughs> in color. Oh, so, look at that play. The under, here comes the over. Oh, hey, what a catch. catch. Look at that. Should have had him at wide receiver, Bob. Uh, find the end zone, though. Don't get knocked out by a quarterback <laughs> on the five. <laughs> he Unbelievable. Remembers. So we're talking linebacker tonight. And this guy knows a little bit about that position. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Brian Odom. We're going to hear from Brian Asamoah. We're going to talk about the new guys at that position, the returners. He's going to break down the Superman play for us in layman's terms tonight. The Roy Williams, Teddy Lehman play. You know the one. Keep watching. It's the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's. Bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Welcome back to the huddle. Toby and Teddy with you. We're talking inside linebackers this year for the Sooners. What's to come? This is our coaching report brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one. Brian Odom, your former roommate yeah. back in your college days. Now, of course, the linebacker coach for OU. He sat down with Chris Plank yesterday. Right, Brian Odom joins us here on the huddle. Coach, first and foremost, thanks for the time. Uh, 
early early spring kind of thoughts. How's things going for your guys in your room? Going really well. You know, it's a it's a new room uh, with a lot of familiar faces, but a uh, new room because. Um, you know, these guys are all experienced. You know, right now I've got nine guys in a room. Wow. Um, every one of them has played football and played uh, actual meaningful minutes So uh, here at Oklahoma. So uh, it's ex an exciting group. Uh, they're fun to coach, um, you know, and, and as it should be. You know, it should be. That's the way it should be here at Oklahoma. Thoroughly enjoyed getting to see Brian Asamoah and the step he made last year. I mean, and David Guaybu in there as well. Are these two guys to where they're just there? There really is no ceiling for their ability right now. That's that's a really probably a good way to put it. Just because uh, you know Brian has just such an elite athleticism. Um, you know his ceiling is so high. Uh, when I first got here, his his basement was so low. Um, and the thing with you know, with Brian in particular, he did a good job from year one to year two of growing up a little bit and being more consistent, and that basement wasn't so low. Um, as we move forward this next year, it's, you know, we, we need to see the same jump from, you know, year one to year two, from year two to year three. Um, and a lot of that is going on, and it's going on right in front of our eyes. But uh, elite athleticism, um, taking on more of a leadership role, and, you know, with, with that leadership requires a little bit of responsibility. Um, to, to in order for him to be a little bit more consistent, and he's done a good job with that. But like as as a as a linebacker group, he he is the one that's that, that's our flash play guy. You know, he's going to make some amazing plays, and then um, we've got to be able to have that have that happen a lot more consistently than. Um, maybe the other end. And, you know, David, you know, when I talk to our guys, it's, you know, what, what's your, you know, what's your, what's your trait that you bring to the table that, that is, that is better than everybody else. And God gave him a little bit of length and he actually moves well. Um, the thing that I continue to like about David is just the, uh, his ability to go compete, his toughness. Uh, the way he uses his hands and the, how he's learned the position in a short amount of time. Because we threw him in there, you know, uh, early on, never really played inside backer. Uh, and you saw him get better throughout the year. Um, he should make a huge jump. Um, you know, and I, you'll probably bring him up in a minute, but Deshaun Wyatt has done an outstanding job uh, through five practices. Um, him taking another step. You know, and, and him being more productive and, and him um, being dialed in, snap in and snap out, you know, and, and the thing that we continue to talk to our guys about is, you know, what's your redeemable, redeemable trait? You know, if it's I know the defense, well, you got a problem because what's going to happen when Shane Witter with the fastest guy on the whole team goes and, and he learns the defense, you know, what, what happens then? So there's true competition in a room. I'm excited about it. I mentioned those four guys, but there's a lot more guys that's, that's out there that's, that's doing a lot of great things. Uh, you mentioned Shane Witter. How's his progression been so far? Been really good. He, he, he progressed throughout the year. He's one of those guys with, uh, with COVID uh, a year ago. You know, he, he got here and we were on the road recruiting. Um, I literally got to spend about three weeks with him before we sent everybody home and, and it's really unfair for those kids that come in that happened a year ago and, and everybody's in the same boat but you know he's a guy that that is trying to learn how to become a college student learn the scheme and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden you get you get sent home and your next position meeting is on zoom and uh um that i think that you know was for a lot of those guys that shane's age you know that hindered a little bit of growth early on in the year um now, as you saw throughout the year, he kind of played his way onto the field, so to speak. And, uh, you know, in the bowl game, he, he, he played played well. Um, very excited about Shane and his continued progression here at backer. And, and like I said before, extremely – his redeemable trait is obviously going to be his speed. The guy can really run. Um, but learning how to play the position, learning how uh, that position in particular fits within our defense, um, he's done a really good job. So excited about him and, and his future as he, as he continues on here. And then finally, a name that we didn't get to talk about last year because of injury. You still have Caleb Kelly in your room? I do have Caleb Kelly. How, how's he coming along? Well, um, he is from our first walkthrough of this calendar year into practice five. It's been a tremendous, tremendous progression, you know, and it's uh, as we move, he's such a, it's a unique case. And the fact that he's back again for this year, um, 
his leadership is is second to none. You know, he's an outstanding human being, which I've said that before. Um, no matter what he does in life, he's going to be extremely successful. But this spring for him is is about you know gaining confidence within um, his leg and his knee and, and and how he moves around and and really uh, get as many reps as he possibly can to give himself a chance to to play at a high level. Um, and you know, with Caleb's character, and it's—I'm so happy we have him back. Um, he means a lot to me individually. I think he—it's um, you know part of my family's favorite player, Caleb Kelly. You know, they're always asking about him. But the—you uh, uh, can't have you know too many of those guys. And I'm excited about what he's going to be able to do this—you know—the rest of the spring and as we continue through summer and see how it all shakes out in, in, in the fall. Thanks a lot, Coach. Appreciate your time. Thank you. I love hearing from Brian Odom. Let's start there with Caleb Kelly, who we talked about last. Didn't play last year due to injury. Teddy's only played four games in the last two seasons, but five-star kid back in the day. He's made big plays, huge plays for this program. What do you expect from him this year? Well, it's just difficult. It's going to be really hard to get on the field. You know, whenever we start going through the names, uh, Aguebu at Mike, Deshaun White plays both Mike and Will, Osamoa, Witter. I just don't know. It's going to be difficult to find any room to be able to get out there and make some plays, especially as much football as he's missed. You know, it's, it's constantly trying to get back to where you were before for him. So it, it's a very important spring. He's got to stay healthy through the spring, through summer to where he's got a good football base under him before they get to training camp. And once you get into training camp, you never know. You have a really good training camp. You say you um, stay healthy. You're in great shape. Who knows what happens in front of you? Injuries always happen. Things happen. You've got to stay ready. I would say right now it's going to be really hard for Caleb Kelly to get on the field. But we never know. Things could change tomorrow. They could change over the summer. They could change during the season. But – that room, it just tells you that this is a former five-star kid that's, what, 6'3", 240-some pounds, is a really good athlete, and it's just going to be hard, maybe impossible to get on the field. That's how different the inside backer room is than it was whenever Caleb Kelly showed up. 160 career tackles. He's not a new guy, but didn't play last year. This guy is a new guy. Oof. Danny Stutzman, and I know you love this kid. <laughs> Watch the way he runs. He flies to the football. Here's what's crazy. Oh. He's 6'3", and 6'3 and a half, 6'3 and three quarters. So, a little bit shorter than Aguebu, and he's going to be 230 pounds uh, whenever he shows up as a true freshman. He's going to eventually probably be Aguebu's size, but he's way faster. He can absolutely fly. He attacks the football like crazy. He's super aggressive. He is, he's one of those um, – he's an ultra-aggressive just a, a person, the way that he just kind of carries himself. He's an ultra-competitive person. Uh, he's one of those guys that has – Sounds uh, familiar. Well, he's, he's got a, just a tremendous amount of energy where he can't just be sitting around and – People that have all of those traits are really rare. And, you know, as a true freshman coming in, it's going to be difficult. It always is. Yeah. But, my goodness, if he can carry over those assets and not get swallowed up by college football, because there's some guys like that that show up and it's like, oh, my God, there's so much to know. There's so much to learn. And who are all these people? What is this offense doing? And um, it, it, you just never hit that, that full stride. But if he's capable, I mean – you saw what I just saw. <laughs> but with the depth they've got, this is a learning year for him, right? Uh, whenever he's on campus, he will be given an opportunity to work into the rotation. Wow. Wow. If That's it impressive. happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, you, you've got to – if you look at the landscape of the linebacker room for next season, post-season – there's a good chance you could lose yeah. up to five linebackers right. out of there. So you have to have some development below that good point. and be ready to go. All right, let's talk when we come back about the guys that are coming back, and we're going to hear from Brian Osamoa on the other side of this timeout. You're watching the huddle. We're focused on linebackers tonight here at Rudy's.
The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. Hey, everybody, if you'd like to experience OU football live in 2021, season tickets are on sale now. They include six home games featuring opponents like Iowa State and Nebraska. For more information, go to Soonersports.com or call 405-325-2424. We heard from Brian Odom last segment. We talked about the return of Caleb Kelly, the new guy, Danny Stutzman. Let's talk about the returners here. Chris Plank also had a chance to sit down with Sooner linebacker Brian Asamoah. Brian Asamo joins us. First of all, a um, little bit more normal. I know we're still following protocols, being smart, uh, more, more people vaccinated. But how how nice has it been back been, been to get back to a little sense of normalcy? Uh, I would say the transition transition has been actually you know quite easy for us. Um, you know, being able to play football in the spring, uh, not having to worry about masks as much, you know, people getting vaccinated. So I, I, that's a big plus for us because we know practicing with a mask on was extremely tough last year. Um, but nah, it feels good to play football again. So, um, you know me, I'm your biggest fan. And um, I, I really enjoyed watching the progression you made last year. Where did Brian Asamoah commit this offseason to wanting to improve as a player? Um, I focused on trying to improve my technique. Um, you know, that's a big emphasis, you know, as Coach Odom's job, you know, for, for us as linebackers this year. Um, and you know, specifically, with, specifically with me, just, just improving on technique and what I could do better on the downs. Because I know, you know, what I'm doing. I know everybody up front is doing it. I know everybody, you know, in the back of me is doing so. You know, this year is just more about um, technique and also trying to get that ball out. What does Brian Asamo see if, as his redeemable quality that uh, Coach Odom talks about a lot? What is it that you bring that's unique to this defense? Uh, definitely my energy. Um, uh, I, I can, if, if someone's lacking energy, they, I'm, I'm that guy that someone can come to me for energy. Um, and, and also, I mean, we talk about physical tools and uh, my hands. I'm trying to get you know, you know, guys off me. Um, and then uh, most importantly, trying to get that ball. What has Brian Odom meant to Brian Asamo, the football player? <sighs> Coach Odom has done you know a lot for me actually. Um, you know, talk about. Uh, a guy that was a freshman didn't weren't really playing a lot in the program and he comes in um you know helped me mature as a football player and as a man um and then uh kind of like grasped me like I'm his son man you know, we have a very unique relationship um you know when he first came in it, it, man it, it was tough especially you know with what happened last that year prior um when they came so uh, he, he's done a great job of molding me into a good young man, um, a great football player. And obviously, we got goals, you know, for, for myself, and he's going to hold me accountable to that. So uh, Coach Odom has been very beneficial to my career here at the University of Oklahoma, and I can't, can't, can't I thank anybody else but him and God. You know, it seems kind of wild to think, and I, and I think a lot about your freshman year, but there, there weren't maybe but a handful of guys in that room. Now, you got nine guys in that inside back room. What that, what's that experience like? It's actually kind of crazy because we're very deep, and, and, you know, we have so much talent, too. And, and it's kind of cool because there's no let off at all. You know, I'm in the game or D-White's in the game. You know, we're, we're two guys that's going to be, you know, playmakers. But then you got the, the second string coming in. Those guys are also playmakers. So it's actually pretty cool to see everyone in that room, you know, Get a chance to eat, you know what I mean, on that place. So, uh, talk about depth. I mean, this is what Grinch has been, you know, preaching for and asking for, and we we finally have it. So, what what have you seen? Obviously, beyond just the personal side of this, the defense as a whole, that confidence grow over the last few years. You mentioned that depth. I mean, I look around. There's depth everywhere, it seems, right now in this defense. There's literally depth everywhere, and each of us, you know, have confidence. The, the, this year is more – year three for Speed D is essentially, you know, how to make plays at this point. Um, you know, everyone knows their gaps. Everyone knows, you know, what to do. If you got to cover this man or you got to, you know, go to the post, everyone knows what to do. So this year is more about a playmaking mentality for us um, and, and trying to get that ball because that's the most important thing. So what did, what was it like for you to go beyond just, hey, Brian Asamoah can win on the field at high school with his athletic ability to become uh, someone who cares about the craft and technique matters to you so much? What was that transition like for you? Uh, I mean, high school, I wouldn't say it was easy, but like – 
you know, you could be that athletic freak and, and, and be able to get away with a lot of things. This, this is college. Everyone's good. So um, essentially, when you get to college, it's all about technique and, and, and fundamentals. And, and that's the important part of playing linebacker, those fundamentals, uh, not getting lazy in your stance, shuffling one way, then retracing back. Like uh, those are those are huge things, huge things to, to do as a linebacker. And, and that focus and transition was kind of easy um, because that's something that I've always tried to work on. Um, you know, being mentally sound and, um, you know, physically ready and, and focusing on all those fundamentals. So the tradition was very easy, and I feel like I've done a great job with that so far. Two more quick ones, and I'll get you up, Brian. Uh, first of all, uh, incredible performance in the Cotton Bowl. Has that carried over, that energy, that momentum from the Cotton Bowl? The, the energy is always going to ca carry over. Well, I know with you, it's always, the energy is always going to carry over with you. <laughs> the energy is always there, man, and, and that confidence has, has continued to stay with me, and it's still going to be instilled with me no matter the highs or the lows of any game for me. So, um, you know, I'm going to continue to carry that fire that I have been carrying around, you know, as long as I've been here at the University of Oklahoma. So, you know, I'm, I'm that light, and, and guys got to come with Come, come with me. Come, come see that light. Can't wait to see you April 24th at the spring game. Have a great rest of your spring. Appreciate your time. You too. I'm that light, he huh. says. Come with me. Come see the light. All right, let's rip through these guys. Brian Osamoa, Plank mentioned it. A big-time game of the Cotton Bowl. What do you see from him? Well, yeah, and he mentioned it right there at the beginning of that, what he's got to work on his technique and trusting that technique. Uh, he's an explosive guy. He's He's blessed with explosiveness he's not blessed with great size so like he said you can get away with it in high school but you can't in college well some stuff you can get away with college and you can't get away with it at the next level so you've got to continue to develop that technique you've got to be able to play low you've got to have the proper footwork the difference between making a play and not making a play uh, can just be a little false step or a poor read or like he talked about getting lazy in his stance. You know, some of those things uh, seem like they don't matter, but there's always a moment where they do. And you hate for that moment to be where it does matter, be where the football game is on the line or maybe even a championship on the line. Uh, I think he's got a great base to build on. Sky's the limit. Can he turn into a technician uh, like we heard Odom in, in the first interview the highs are extremely high, but the lows have been low. Can he bring that, that level up to where there's more consistency? David Aguebu played some last year, made big plays against Texas and Oklahoma State. Here's your size here, Teddy. Yeah, great length. Uh, he can run pretty well. He's a good blitzer. He's physical. He's got some thump on the inside in the running game just because of his, his size and how long his arms are. It's hard to block for those interior offensive linemen. So he's got a really good tool, uh, some really good tools. But remember last year, no spring, no summer. Training camp was limited. Didn't get a whole lot of reps at inside backer. So really, it was a work in progress all season. By the time we see him next year, next fall, he's going to be a totally different player, a far more polished player, and he's got a ton of great tools himself. And, you know, let's see if he can continue to build on it. He's There's some good things with being big like he is, but there's also some negatives. What do we do? We end up playing really high whenever we're a, a guy that's six foot four. You, you play high and you try and see over everything instead of playing with that really low pad level. That's what he's going to have to work on. Deshaun White played well last year, didn't show up maybe as much as I was expecting coming into the year. What do you yeah. think about Deshaun? He's been incredibly consistent over the years, but what that consistency has got him is passed up by some of the playmakers. Well, uh, you find yourself as a number two now for the first time losing some of those reps. I think it's lit a fire under his butt, and he's had a great spring to start off. Shane Witter, you heard Brian Odom talk about his speed, was a freshman last year, and they really couldn't keep him off the field late in the season. One of the fastest guys on the entire team, um, low 4-4s, really explosive. He's smart. He wants to learn more about being a great linebacker. Right now, uh, everything points to him turning into a spectacular player here. And the McGinnis High School product, Brendan Walker, another guy we saw a little bit of last year, but you're high on him too. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, you know, I think he's going to be an outside guy. He's going to be a rush backer, but he's an incredible athlete. Showed up all over the field last year in special teams. Big physical guy that can run. All in all, I know, Teddy, you love hearing about the depth 
that we take a look at the Sooner linebackers in the NFL currently. Devontae Bond with the Bears. Jordan Evans still getting it done with the Bengals. Curtis Bolton looking for a new home. And Kenneth Murray coming off an outstanding rookie year out in L.A. with the Chargers. We'll but, be expanding that graphic in years to come, yeah, T-Row. That's true. Well, and that leads me to what I was talking about. The depth that Brian Osimo was talking about, year three of Speed D, where you get to the point where hopefully you're not thinking as much, you're reacting more. I mean, this is what you've been dreaming of for a few years This here. is the year. I, I honestly believe that they are three deep at both the Mike and the Will position on guys that you can totally trust and can play really good football for you. Three deep at both positions. That's compared to where we were two years ago. It's incredible. And I know we're focused on linebackers tonight, but you can kind of copy and paste that across the defense. Not every position, but a lot of them. It's, it's crazy that there's going to be really good football players that aren't going to get a whole lot of time on the field just because of, of the nature of how good we've gotten at so many different positions. Rushbacker, uh, D-line, obviously, safety, corner. We got tons of corners. It's, it's great. It's a great problem to have, man. I'm going to put you on the spot. Linebacker, last question for you. At the end of the year, when we're doing the uh, end of the year show next year, who's the guy that has become a star? Shane Witter. Awesome Bowl is already a star. Okay. I think Shane Witter is he, hes the, one of those guys that we saw at the end of last year. you got to find a way to put him on the field. Yeah. He's too fast. He makes too many plays. He's 225 pounds, but he's incredibly heavy-handed. And just he's, he's a dense guy that doesn't – you can't move him off the spot. He's great in pass coverage because of that. He's, he's going to be really good. We'll take a timeout. When we come back tonight, in layman's terms, we're going back two decades. <laughs> Maybe the most famous play in OU history. Teddy breaks it down for us next on The Huddle. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. We are a little over three weeks away from the 2021 spring game, April 24th. It'll be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Televised live on Bally Sports Oklahoma. That's the channel you're watching now. New name, Bally Sports Oklahoma. We'll have it for you 4 o'clock on April 24th. Teddy uh, will be on the radio broadcast alongside Chad McGee and Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank. 30-minute pregame show for you for the spring game as well coming up at 3.30 that day. All right, it's time for In Layman's Terms, brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. Every week, uh, Teddy takes us in depth. I have loved, this is my favorite segment of the show now. Uh, let's see, Teddy, we talked about uh, pass rush. You talked about that GT run play. Mm -hmm. uh, I missed the show, but I really enjoyed your breakdown of that little drag route that has worked so well for OU, yeah. uh, the wide receiver. Tonight, linebacker is the theme of the show and uh, back by popular demand. You did not ask for this. In fact, you kind of <laughs> fought against it a little bit. But we wanted to give a thorough breakdown of maybe the most famous play in OU history. We're talking about the Superman play back in 2001. So the ball is yours. Yeah, well, okay, so as we just watched this play through the first time, everyone remembers late in the game, they botched a little fake field goal punt uh, where we tried to pin them deep. So they got the ball inside the five. There you see Roy go over the top. There's the touchdown, and the rest is history. So we can kind of take it a little bit slower just to break down 
what happens and, and just kind of lay out the blitz. First of all, if you freeze it right here, we're in a nickel package. Roy Williams is playing the nickel. Um, sub out the Sam Backer. Roy comes down from strong safety to play the nickel spot, which to those that don't know, the nickel and the Sam linebacker is the exact same spot you've just put a defensive back, a smaller body in at Sam linebacker. So all of the things that you can do in nickel, you do the exact same thing in base with every your typical linebacker. So we got a, a blitz up the middle here with the Mike backer and the uh, the nickel, who's Roy. And really what we're trying to do is we're trying to isolate the running back. We know the protection scheme. We know how they're going to pick it up. We're trying to isolate Roy Williams and the running back, essentially in a race to the quarterback uh, right there in the, the B gap. So um, a couple of interesting things here that we'll see as this thing plays. We saw right there, you run it back a little bit there back in studio. Watch Chris Sims. So you see this. So we see this from time to time. He gets a look. It's a blitz. He knows the blitz. So he checks to his receiver right there. We're going quick game. So if you pause it, one of the things about this is, so Corey Heineke is the stand-up defensive end there on the edge. So this is back whenever we never stood our defensive ends up, ever. This is a rare shot of uh, what they do in defense now, they always stand that guy up. But he's this at the is, bottom of the screen. Yeah, there. he's at the bottom of the screen. He's playing the left defensive end. So a lot of times whenever we see there's three down linemen and a stand-up guy on the edge, is that a 3-4? Is it uh, – what is it? Well, this is a 4-3 defense. He's just standing up because we know they're going to see blitz. They're going to check to the pass game away from the blitz, the flat – away from the blitz is always the weakness in a zone blitz. So that's where they're trying to go. They don't think Heineke can get out to the number one wide receiver quick enough because the corner is a deep third player. But we know exactly where they're going. So Mike Stoops tells Heineke, don't even get in your stance. Stand up, get out there quick because that's where they're going with it. Uh, said that during the timeout. How he knew that, you know, this is what, formation and everything they were going to be in. I don't know, but film study. It, it, yeah, it was great. So you can roll it here. and We'll watch the blitz and you'll see how everything kind of isolates and we know who's going to get picked up there. And Roy has the one-on-one -on -one with the back. And you've heard me talk about it before, Toby, where we ran it earlier in the game on a third down and Roy knew who was going to be picking him up because of practice, tried to go over the top and he got cut, flipped and Chris Sims ran for a first down. Well, this time, he, you know, players are going to make plays, so he does the same thing. And uh, this time, he clears it, and, and he makes the play. Now, just to talk about the coverage here, it's kind of interesting. Go back to that last view, um, and you can see Rocky Kalmus here, who's the wheel linebacker. Now, typically, the wheel linebacker is going to be the flat player uh, as an outside backer. And in a zone blitz, you're exchanging an underneath zone for a blitzer. So we're bringing five, which means we've got three under and three deep on the back end. So that's why you've got to drop a defensive end who's going out to one flat. Rocky, you'll see him come across the formation. He's got the hot route on the tight end, the new number three. So there's a communication that goes on between Rocky and Corey Heineke. If he's got to take the drop across the ball and go to the number three receiver, he has to communicate that Corey Heineke is now the flat player over there. So there's pre-snap communication between those guys, and uh, it's done flawlessly, obviously, and really the rest is history. You can just see that, and I just think it's interesting, Roy, you know, a, a lot of players do exactly what they're coached to do, and that's great. Other players do exactly what they're coached to, to, coached to do most of the time. <laughs> and then the other times, they just go make a play. Yeah. And it's hard. You can't, you can't teach that as a coach. You guys have to have some instincts out there on the football field and know whenever to let go of some of the technique and let go of some of the coaching points and just go flat out make a play. And that's what Roy does here. I'm just running across here. You see the nose guard. I think it was Tommy Harris is running an opposite. We have to go over and contain. We're losing our defensive end, so there has to be a contain on the rush. So that's why you see the defensive line shifting over there. 
I know I'm going to get picked up, so I'm just trying to get into that throwing window too because I know the ball's coming out quick. So there's a lot to it, you know. It's a lot of times it's just, okay, incomplete pass, you're on to the next one. But there's always a – every play is like that where there's all kinds of intricacies – going on and we see the end result but there's a, a lot of stuff that happens before um really cool you see rocky moving around back there trying to give the the hint that maybe he's dropping weak so whenever sims sees him go back across the formation he thinks that he's going to have an open window to the flat um just really good stuff really good few things one um We've, we've heard Bob Stoops talk about this play many times, mm -hmm. and he said he missed it in live because he was watching Heineke yeah. to see whether he got into the flat and just heard everybody around him going crazy and, right. and eventually figured out you were in the end zone with the football. But in real time, he didn't see it happen. Uh, two, all of that happened in, I don't know, second and a half. Everything you just talked about happened right. in two seconds, second and a half. Uh, everybody moving, shifting, thinking, all that kind of stuff. It came down to an incredible athlete making an incredibly athletic play. Mm -hmm. I mean, Roy Williams right. is not a normal human being, you know. Normal human beings don't do what, what he did there. But I'm interested in, in your perspective. Do you remember seeing the ball coming at you at all? Just barely, you know, because one of the reasons I did see it is because during the timeout beforehand, whenever we're going through what exactly is going to happen, I see him check. I know he's going weak right away. I know he's going to the flat away from the blitz. So I know the ball's going to come out. I know they're going to pass the blitz off. They know, they know we're coming. So the ball's coming out quick. I'm not going to get home. So I'm just trying to find the, the quarterback size in the football to get my hands up and possibly bat it down. So since I was doing that, I was able to, to see the ball. Usually I'd be sitting there fighting with an offensive lineman and, and maybe not be able to see it. It's the biggest moment of your career. And I think of it, I th think of Bill Buckner, you know? Bill Buckner had a chance to win the World Series and it went through his legs. If you drop that football and Texas goes down and wins... I mean, no offense, you're not hosting the show right now. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I hear you, and that's a great point. But here's the but th you didn't. No, I mean, my, my point is you didn't. You made the big play at the big moment. You're right. Here's the thing, though. I, I think it was 7-3 at the time. 7-3, yeah, right. 7-3. There's like a minute and a half you're left. You're going to tell me they the, weren't driving the field. They weren't going you. anywhere. <laughs> I, it's second down, okay, yeah. and, you know, they're, they're about to be punting out of their own end zone. They're That's not, the reason they had the gone anywhere, yeah. and they weren't about to start going at that point. All right, we'll take a break. we got by the numbers next. You're watching the huddle. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health. Anheuser-Busch and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies and our community partners Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola and OU Health Pike Pass is the safest, uh, fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas and Texas Hey Sooners, don't get past, get Pike Pass We wrap up every show with a good old game of by the numbers, let's take a look at the scoreboard so far, Team Toby leading Team Teddy 21-15, to 15. that's not all your fault Here we go, first question tonight Four questions What is the single game record for most tackles by an OU linebacker? 28 It was Kenneth Murray, right, against the Army? I don't know I think it was 24. What do we got? 28, Kenneth Murray against Army. You're right. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, I think the old one was Jackie Shippen's 24, maybe. Okay. How many tackles for lost did Rocky Kalmus have at Oklahoma? Tackles for lost. Boy, that's going to be a big number for him. I'm going to say... 45. That's a great, great, great guess. I think, ooh, I think it's maybe a little bit higher than that. Would you say 45? That's right. I'm going to say 46. I think he might be in the low 50s, actually. What do we got? 59. Nice. Gracious. 
Ah, yep. he was a good player. That's two points for you. Question number three here. Got a minute 45 in the show. What is the least number of touchdowns allowed by the Sooners in a season? Uh, I'm up first. I will say seven. I mean, you're so you're going back to the yesteryear when we didn't, you know, we played five or six games or something like that. Um, that's probably a pretty good. Game. I'll say eight. Four. Yes. <laughs> what year was that? The 1938. Great defense that year. Those 1938 guys were something Great else defensively. Defense. All right. Hey, that's three points for you. Uh, this is for the clean sweep. How many tackles did Brian Bosworth have? <sighs> Played three years, right? Uh, I mean, it's got to be in the area of. Uh, I'm going to say 200. 200 mm -hmm. in three years? Yeah. You realize how much they ran the ball back then? That's There's, way low, isn't it? It's way low. I will say I'm not even going to take the. Take 201. Fruit. Take, take 201. 201. I will say that he averaged somewhere around. 130 a year, so three years. I'll say he had. I couldn't have been farther. Off. I'll go. I'll go. He. I'll go a little low just to be safe. 375, but it's going to be higher than that. 413. Holy cow! My apologies to Mr. Bosworth. That's a clean wow. sweep for you tonight. And that's only. I mean, it's appropriate on the linebacker show that you would dominate by the numbers Needed tonight. It. Needed, Needed it. it. Thank you for watching the huddle. We'll see you next week. Boomer sooner, everybody. Congratulations. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.